Hello and welcome to How Many Geese. I'm Jack Baddams. And I'm Roddy Shaw. And if you're looking for a nature podcast that doesn't take itself too seriously... Then we are The Natural Selection. On today's show... The boat noticed a flock of seabirds circling. Classic sign of some ships going down in the sea. It's a fish (laughs) that does archery work it out. (laughs) Like, you know. It's essentially like a really macabre Christmas tree decorated in bodies. Jesus Christ. They're so cool. Have you seen... The orcas giving zero fucks about all of the sea life news. <laughs> Is it not just same as it ever was? <laughs> well, basically, yeah. yeah. Same as it ever was, but more so because a paper's been published recently. Yep. Which is the first ever to document orcas successfully hunting and killing the largest animal to ever live, the blue whales. Get out. Yeah. No it's way. insane. It's it's mental. We all know that basically, if you're in the sea, you are essentially orca food. <laughs> but although they've been documented hunting loads of species, you know, fish, birds, mammals of all different types, we always thought that although they hunted the calves of large whales, the actual adults of large whales were off limits. This was my question. Exactly. They've been documented many, many times um, killing calves, although I don't believe ever killing calves of blue whales, but lots of calves of large whales, but never um, many of the adults. So there had been reports of killer whales chasing blue whales, and there are very rare instances of attacks being seen, but this is the first time that they've ever been successfully documented in killing blue whales. Jesus. It's it's mad. So, let's start... A full... Big blue whale. Well, let's let's dive into yes, it. Yes, let's let's dive. So, but not into the sea. No, definitely not into the sea. Let's head over to Bremer Bremer Bay. B R E M E R Bremer Bay. I'll take Bremer Bremer Bay. Bremer in Western Australia. Classic. Of course it is. <laughs> Even in the sea, <laughs> the Thunderdome still applies to this ocean. Yeah. Um, we're going to join the Cetacean Research Centre on a boat twenty-one kilometres off the coast on March the 21st, 2019. So this paper has been published only at the tail end of last year, but it documents something back from 2019. So, we're on the boat. When first observed, 12 to 14 killer whales were already attacking a blue whale, which they estimated, this is the blue whale, to be being somewhere between 18 to 22 metres long. Jesus. So, blue whales can get up to about 30-odd metres, but the size of this one... And the area of the world that they're in, because there's different subspecies that get to sort of different sizes, but this one, they believe, is a healthy adult blue whale. Or rather it was until the orcas <laughs> got hold of it. So the researchers arrived at the blue whale, which had already got a substantial wound on its rostrum. Now, the rostrum is basically like the mouth bit. You imagine a big baleen whale and its mouth bows out. The rostrum is basically like the bony mouthy bits it's the nosy bit that's what yeah. the rostrum is yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so it's the, it's the top bit of yeah. that mouth yeah. essentially yeah. The, what we what you might look at and go the upper lip but that's basically being wrecked by the orcas the flesh has been ripped away and it's exposing the bone underneath it oh my god they're eating it mouth first yeah and there is there's actually pictures of all this stuff I've got the paper up in front of me that documents these predation events. And I just want to show you when I'm talking about how they found the blue whale being attacked by the killer whales. This is a picture they took of its rostrum. Jesus. Yeah. So hang on. That is... Right. So that is literally from above. That's not... That's the, the head of the blue whale from the side. So there's there's ocean and in it there is a, a fleshy thing going on. And the hole I initially thought was the whale's mouth open. But what it actually is, is the hole is from the top of the whale, like, into the skull. Like, its mouth is closed, and yeah, just the top jaw, if you imagine the top flat bit of a whale, they've just gone in through. Look, it's a bad day for that it's a blue whale. It's a bad day yeah. for the blue whale. Yeah. So this is how they found the whale, and being attacked by 12 to 14 killer, killer whales. They'd exposed the bone, uh, they'd also bitten most of its dorsal fin clean off. Uh, and there were teeth marks raking along its body. The whale was still trying to flee and was slapping and swiping its tail to try and get these orca away. After a further 20 minutes of continuous attacks, the blue whale slowed 
and began to swim in a circle, with more and more skin and blubber being stripped off by the attacking orcas. Jesus. They're just ferocious. Then three adult female orca lined up side by side, perpendicular to the whale, and charged at it, ramming it headlong into the side, pushing it through the water, and then forcing it under. At the same time, two other killer whales were attacking the head, and then the blue whale's movement stopped. Then, while still alive, an adult female orca put her head into the mouth of the blue whale and began to feed on the tongue. Oh, no. No, don't like that. After the kill, the researchers watched as around 50 other orca turned up all to feed on the carcass. 50? How many were there to begin with? So the attack was carried out by about 12 to 14. God, assassins. Orca. They are insane. So that was event one. Because oh. this paper documented, it's not just documenting the first case of an orca successful blue whale hunt, it's documenting the first three cases that have ever been seen, all in roughly the same area of Western Australia. Do you think there's a chance that, because I was wondering this while you were going through it, do you think there's a chance that it's not just the first we've recorded, mm. but it's the first ever? Unlikely. So it goes on to say in this paper that although this is the first time it's been officially watched, that we've actually seen the successful hunting, that there has been other cases where people have turned up and seen orcas feasting on blue whales or carrying blue whale calves. And although it wasn't witnessed, it's likely that based Mm. on this behavior, that this is something they're capable of. So event two, a couple of weeks later, on April the 6th, 2019, and 25 kilometers west of where that first attack was, were aboard the commercial whale-watching vessel, the Allison Marie. Now imagine going out on a whale-watching trip to witness the beauty of these marine mammals, yeah. only to be faced with, with this. You've got your money's worth, haven't you? Well, yeah. So the boat noticed a flock of seabirds circling above a commotion on the ocean surface. Classic sign of some shits going down in the sea. These are the circling birds. Shit's going down. If I live by the coast and someone's like, what's the weather today? And you open the window. I don't know, but let me tell you, there's shit going down in the sea. So when it got there, when the boat got there, it found a blue whale calf. When I say calf, it's still 10 to 12 meters long. Just a baby. So it's it's a big one. Mm -hmm. And it's being attacked by these orcas. At any one time, five to six orcas are actively attacking the whale with another 10 to 15 circling around the periphery. Just sort of being like, fight, fight, fight. Yeah. Um, but what they would do is they would swap frequently. So basically when some of the orcas got tired of attacking the blue whale, they'd swap and go back to the, and go to the periphery and some of the peripheral orcas would mm. come in and carry on the attack because they're just smart. Another 15 to 20 were then circling further out. So there's a lot of orcas around this activity. When the blue whale attempted to dive, the orca would get below it and push it back up to the surface, but not right to the surface, because then there would be other orca swimming up on top of its head to keep it down. So what they're doing oh my God. is they're trying to stop it from diving under so it can escape, but keep it low enough that it can't breathe. They're trying to drown it. Jesus Christ. They're so cool. Oh, they're like, so terrifying. Though. I've gone on record before to say how much I love orcas and they're one of the only animals that can rival birds in terms of my appreciation for them. And yeah, they are ice cold motherfuckers. Oh my God. Eventually, they kill it. And just like that first event, a female orca stuck her head into the blue whale's mouth and ate the tongue. Do you think that's like, um, you know, in like the Maasai go on a hunt and it's yeah. like to become a man, you eat the heart or whatever. <laughs> Do you think that's like this orca equivalent? Yeah. It's like if you, the victory of slaying the blue whale goes, goes to, to the honour, yeah, eating the tongue. Well, we'll talk about we'll talk a little bit about the whole tongue thing because that seems to be a recurring thing. Oh shit, maybe it is with the orca. Like orca. It, that's a thing that they're they're consciously going for civilization. So event three, this were, was seen a couple of years later, and this was a prolonged chase that started with 12 killer whales chasing a 12 to 14 meter long blue whale, assumed to be a juvenile. The chase lasted 97 minutes and covered about 25 kilometers with speeds averaging at 18.5 kilometers an hour. Do you know, it's always difficult in a trilogy bringing in something new and fresh, (laughs) but 
bringing in a chase sequence, I think, <laughs> is really elevating the genre of these three entries. They've gone proper action scenes for this as well, because the way it's described is the chase was 97 minutes long, covered 25 kilometers with speeds averaging 18.5 kilometers an hour, with both species charging through the water and creating bow waves and throwing up sheets of spray. So it's very, very dramatic. Dramatic, yeah. Michael Bay. Very Hollywood. Yeah. As the chase is happening, 12 killer whales have started it. About 50 end up joining the chase after this blue whale. So several times the blue whale would stop for about one to two minutes, presumed to be having a rest before it carried on. Whenever it did stop, the orca dived straight in for the mouth. The mouth is what they were attacking. Eventually, the whale stopped and six to eight orca all lined up, ramming the blue whale in its side, forcing it sideways before pushing it under the water to its death. And the attack from the first contact until the final kill lasted two hours and 50 minutes. Man, we worked and campaigned so hard to stop whaling. (laughs) And now whales are killing each other. Do you know, like, how are we meant to reason with Norway and Japan? (laughs) On the need to protect ocean life. Yeah. If if we save it too much, it starts eating itself. <laughs> well, this is, re- this is a really interesting thing because blue whale populations are bouncing back now that intensive whaling has stopped. Woo! And what we wonder... That was whale for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what we wonder here is, could these orcas have a serious impact on the population? Yeah. Or are we just seeing the re-establishing of ecological interactions that would have happened that we've just not seen for hundreds of years because we annihilated so many of the large whales. Right. If it is that, and it's re-establishing, would that not need orca alive from when they did hunt blue whales... To know what to do. To know what to do. Mm. Well, this is the really interesting thing about these particular orcas in this part of Western Australia. Yeah. Because normally, orcas are really picky on what they eat. Right. Like, the orca that live in one part of the ocean in the world will only eat fish. Yep. And then other orca will be specialist in hunting seals. And yep. Other orcas. But these orca in Western Australia seem to be pretty good at hunting almost anything and particularly specialising in large whales. That is so Australian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if the orca anywhere on the world were going to be more deadly, yeah. where's it going to be? <laughs> Australia. Australia. Now, before these sightings had been documented, it mm-hmm. had been assumed that for orca attacks on large whales to be successful, adult male orca had to be involved. But about two but two out of three of the attacks that we've just spoken about didn't have any adult male involvement whatsoever. So the adult males are about 20% bigger than the adult females. So it was thought that they had to be involved in any of these hunts to bring down the large whales that they're after. But orcapods are matriarchies led by the oldest female, and it may be that females need to feed the young and therefore may need to feed more often than the males, which possibly makes them more likely to initiate such attacks according to the researchers. But what we do know now, for definite, is that large males are not needed to hunt these big whales and that the females and sub males can do it for themselves. So have they been seen hunting... What's second? Is it like the minky whale or the humpback? What's the second well, biggest? Well, we'll come on to the humpbacks in a minute. It's not the minky, it's the fin. Yeah, it is the fin whale. Yeah. That's the second largest. But if they can kill a blue whale, I'm pretty sure they can yeah, kill Yeah, but it. what I mean is, did we know they could do up ah. to fin whales? And now we're like, shit, they've got the whole... It's like they're collecting stickers. <laughs> it's like they've got the whole book. They've well, this it. research paper just keeps referring to large whales, as though this blue whale attack is evidence that large whales are on their menu. Yeah. So it seems to have been quite a revelatory thing that like nothing is off, off, limits. off limits to the orca. Except, ironically, or maybe not ironic, but krill. Yeah. Orca probably don't eat krill. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, (laughs) too small to bother with. (laughs) Everything's on the menu for orca, except the thing all the other whales eat. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So another interesting thing to come out of these observations is this whole eating the tongue thing. Mm -hmm. In two of the hunts, this was seen as a priority for the orcas, and there are even reports of them hunting some whales, eating the tongue, and then leaving it. No way. In fact, this is really cool, a historical account described orcas cooperatively hunting with land-based whalers. 
I thought you were about to say land-based weaponry. (laughs) My God, they've got (laughs) AK-47s. Land-based whalers, which I can only assume are people firing harpoons from the shoreline. Once the whale had been harpooned by the people on the shore, the orcas would be allowed to eat the tongue. That would be their share of the catch. And then the people would drag the whale in. So when it says cooperatively hunting, what I'm imagining is happening is the orcas are driving the whales into shore. The humans are firing the harpoon at them. The orca are then allowed to eat the tongue of the whale. And then the whale's dragged in by the people. How did the... That... How... Oh... How did... That's the sound of my brain melting (laughs) into some kind of orca fact soup. How did the whalers know... I'm a whaler. I'm sent out to sea. Yo, ho, ho. Gonna get me a whale. Yeah. I risk my life and limb... I finally reel the whale in yeah. and an orca starts going for it. Yeah. What's the negotiation there <laughs> <laughs> that establishes <Yeah. laughs> that me, a Victorian whaler or whatever, yeah. will get the bounty, but the orca gets Well, I wonder, the... if we think about how it might happen, if you're out to sea as a whaler, you've harpooned a whale, Yep. the orca learn that they can scavenge off that whale before it's dragged on board the boat. Yeah. So... For something as smart as an orca, the orca then associate the boats with the fact that the whale dies and they can scavenge from it. All they then need to do is learn that they can drive whales towards boats for it to be killed with very little effort from them, and then they're able to nom on it before it gets dragged onto the boat. Yeah, but the bit I'm just wondering is from the human side, there must have been no interest in hunting the orca. Because otherwise, the first few times it happened... They'd have shot the whale yeah. they wanted. Then a load of orca arrived, and yeah. you'd have been like, "Well, shit, let's get yeah. them too." Yeah, right. Well, I guess so. The humans must have had to know, or I guess, well, it was done economically, wasn't it? It was done for the the blubber yeah. and the the S- thing in the sperm. The so orcas, although they're called killer whales, are not whales. They're dolphins. Yeah. They're the biggest dolphin. So I I can only think that they don't have, you know, you're you're not after them whatever because it. they don't have the whale oil. They don't have the blubber. They don't have whatever it yeah. is that you're eating. Yeah. So the killer whale essentially just becomes. The an asset of the sea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And an asset to your hunting if yeah. they are working cooperatively with whalers. Okay. Them getting this tongue as like a little prize yeah. is something that's really cool. And maybe that's why in these attacks that were witnessed, that's why they go for the mouth so much. It could be that that's the most nutritional bit of the animal. That's like their tree and that's why they attack the mouth because they're trying to get into it to eat the tongue well i can't work out i mean it make because if you just think of a right a crocodile yeah crocodiles can't chew yeah right and they don't really have hands like a cat when it gets something can like hold it with its paws and chew and rip and maneuver and it's got more things going on yeah right crocodiles can't do that that's why when they bite something they do the spinny death roll because it's a tear off bits of flesh right i'm thinking of a whale like a blue whale, mm-hmm. and it's just a big, smooth torpedo thing. Yeah. Right? It's a big, smooth tube. Yeah. And then you've got a killer whale, which has no hands, mm-hmm. and it has to bite bits out of that, right? So it either has to open its jaws to like over 180 degrees to get a bite of the flat side yeah. of the whale, or it's got like its fins, what can it grab which onto? it can grab onto a nip, or, yeah, the edge of its mouth yeah. or the tongue are like the only kind of bits yeah. that it can actually... Yeah. Get? Well, it can only get at the tongue once it's prized the mouth open. But yeah. you're right. I think that mouth, because also in that first event that's witnessed, most of its dorsal fin's been bitten off by the time the researchers yeah. get there. So that's another thing that they can hang on to. Yeah. So I guess they're just biting onto anything that they can hang on to. Mm-hmm. And then they're eventually killing it through exhaustion, blood loss, yeah. or drowning yeah. by forcing it under. Jesus. They're so cool. They're terrifying. Like cool, but oh yeah, Christ. Oh, yeah. And it's mental... When you consider all this, that there has still not been one single case of a human ever being attacked by a wild orca. Yes. It's also important to consider, thank God they're not on land. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they because they're... When I was researching this, they're described quite often as the wolves of the sea. And it's like, I think they're on a different level to no, wolves. No, a wolf is a Ford Fiesta to the orca's Lamborghini of death. Yeah. That's the difference there. They've just got the an insane level of smarts yeah. added on top of their ferocious size and weaponry and all that sort of stuff. Imagine aliens came and were like, 
oh take us to the intelligent species or whatever and they chose the orcas and then gave the orcas like alien space robot suits <laughs> and then the orcas would just take to the land we'd, we'd be dead we'd be dead we'd be dead in a second it'd be yeah it'd be a massacre no competition thank god walkers don't have <laughs> robot suits but you asked about some other whales yeah because currently only a healthy adult humpback whale is believed to be impervious to orca attack that's essentially the only thing in the sea that we think and who knows we may discover something but we think they're the only thing that can't be killed by orcas because they're the only species known to deliberately approach them and drive them off oh i was gonna ask or guess is it because they jump out the water not to escape but like yeah. if the orcas are there the humpback can jump and land on them oh. and that you know because okay. like blue whales don't breach and that kind no. of they've got a big tail they can hit them with but yeah. humpbacks really launch themselves and like crash down yeah. and you see videos of you ever seen ones of like people out on kayaks and then a humpback lands on them and it's like that no thank you there's sir. one of them landing on like a sailing boat or a yacht or something like that which is insane absolutely not so yeah if they did that to an orca then the orcas might be like leave that one they fight back that's exactly what i think it is yeah. it's not a case of size because although humpback whales are vast obviously they're not as big as a blue whale yeah. it's more i think about how much they're able to fight back and a, a humpback yeah. is able to fight back more than a blue whale is and yeah they're one of the only species that's known to chase after them drive them off even if they're mid-hunt even if orcas are like in a frenzy killing something else humpbacks will just charge in there yeah. and drive them away they got guts yeah. <laughs> i just want to finish up with the orca bit because when i was looking at the different different orcas of the world and the things that they eat and their different hunting strategies like i said different orcas in the world generally specialized into certain things i came across an american site that listed some of the ways that they hunt their prey it was pbs which is basically like the american version of the bbc and the way it um, listed these different hunting strategies was just so american it was like the, <laughs> just the names that it gave them okay was yeah. great I know we have a few American listeners, um, so this is for you. So the first one <laughs> was the wave wash. Now, the wave wash works on seals. You're probably familiar with this one. It's been filmed a few times, and it's where the seals generally happens in, well, always happens in the Arctic, where it's cold. Might happen in Antarctica as well. I'm sure the orca go down there. Um, but when seals try and escape the orca, they'll sit on little ice flows. The orca will spot them on there. They'll swim really fast up to the ice. And then as soon as they get to it, they'll dive underneath. They're all lined up. Uh, they'll dive underneath and they'll swat their tail to basically create a wave that washes the seal off the ice flow. And then they go underneath, grab the seal, have a great time eating some seal. Man, that is... How do they, how do they see on the ice they do a behavior called spy hopping right and it's where they essentially go vertical yeah. in the water and they just go up and down it's really ominous sticking their head in and yeah out. sticking their head like straight up and there's a really cool but pretty chilling you know when they do the behind the scenes on the david attenborough programs yeah so there's one where they're filming orcas i'm pretty sure they're filming the whole wave wash hunting technique and they're on the ice the camera crew and there's like a hole in the ice yeah and there's a family of orcas just spy hopping them just bobbing up and down and just staring straight at these people and the guys are like i think they're i think they're sizing us up yeah like i think they're working out how they can get us so Jesus. that's how they so that yeah that's how they they'll pop up and then they can get like a nice vertical stance so they can see out to the side and see where things are on the on the ice so that's the wave wash number two is the karate chop now this one works on guess what species this is used for hunting fish some kind of fish big fish big fish pointy fish marlin swordfish sharp fish sharp fish sharks sharks okay <laughs> this is for hunting sharks. sharp fish Forever, forevermore like... <laughs> sharks are sharp fish i was like yeah when i said pointy fish i forgot that swordfish and marlin <laughs> existed so as we know nothing in the sea fucks with orcas not even great white sharks like indeed great great white sharks their only predator is orca um, and orcas are particularly fond of sharks, although there's obviously a big risk on trying to hunt sharks, especially the big ones, because they can fight back. So they've developed a special way of dealing with them. They use their big, broad tail to push a shark to the surface. So they've got a massive flat tail. They can hoist the shark to the surface, and then they raise it high in the air. So the shark's now just sort of floating on the surface, a bit disorientated. They raise their tail high in the air, and then basically just karate chop straight down on top of it. 
generally they're aiming for the head, although the tail's so broad that it's just swatting the body. Um, but then the next part is really cool and shows that they've got some knowledge of shark biology because the orca then flip the shark over once it's been stunned, which induces tonic immobility, which means the sharks essentially become hypnotized and stay there. And then the orcas can just feed on it at their leisure. I get that we're all here for how smart orcas are, but saying the phrase suggests they've got some idea of shark biology i think is way too much credit well, i'll take that they've worked out if they flip it upside down it stops moving exactly but i don't think they're yeah. going tonic immobility to, <laughs> to the orca calves <laughs> day one yeah. tonic immobility <laughs> day one in orca school yeah. just pull down the board yeah next you've got the carousel what do you think this works on? Or what do you think this one might be? This is quite a common one. It's going to be spinning around. Is it smaller fish bringing them into a, a, a huddle? It's the bait ball. Yeah. Yeah. So that's exactly what it is. So they'll swim round and round the shoal of fish. And they do put the bubbles out of the blowhole. I don't know if you've seen them do that before. But as they're swimming round, if they release air out of their blowholes, it creates like a wall of bubbles for these fish to sort of get constrained within and they'll also do what they call belly flashes which is when the orca because they've got bright white bellies will swim past the shoal flash onto their side and that startles the fish and could huddle them together and as they get them into a tighter and tighter and tighter ball then the orca just come in with their whacking great big tails and just smack straight through it stun the fish and then they can just suck them up at their leisure if we are saying that fish are frightened of pale things in the sea what I'm going to say is that you and I could make a cracking bait ball. We could, yeah. <laughs> Maybe we could be taken in as by the orcas as honorary members. So we've had the carousel. Next. Uh, the, the Swiss roulade, the <laughs> Russian shopping trolley, the Alabama railhouse. This is the pod pin. That was close. So this is essentially, this was filmed by PBS on a, episode of invasion of the killer whales obviously which shows uh, orca hunting strategy which hadn't been documented before on film because of climate change and because of the ice retreating orcas have now found a new source of food that, ca that they can access more readily giraffes <laughs> i mean it's just as mythical a creature narwhals okay right yes i mean i get what you mean mythical i thought you meant just as mythical to a whale so oh, I was like, uh, like a camel. <laughs> like, but yes, narwhal is mythical to us. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. The, yep, I'm with you. <laughs> so historically, also it was an interesting minute wondering what is mythical to a whale, yeah. like a sparrow. Yeah, That's I guess very so. Mythical to like a, a rat or yeah. uh, something in the desert, like a camel. I think a camel's probably a camel's good about as far from a whale. It can't. Meet. What's the opposite of whale? What's the opposite of whale? I'm just like something very dry. Like a shrew in the desert. Like, what you, what, you know, the thorny devil? Yes. That lizard that sucks up the water through its feet. It's covered in spikes. Yeah. Australia. Something like that. Of course. Yeah, of course. It's something like that, like a monitor lizard. What about a tree? Yeah, maybe a tree. Is a tree yeah, the opposite of a whale? But they're still very big. Grass. Oh, very big. Grass. Grass is small. Yeah. Okay. There's an important question. <laughs> but back to the narwhals. Okay. Yeah. The, the pod pin is essentially where the orcas pushed the whales up against... Uh, the, the, when it was filmed in for the show, the orcas are pushing the whales up against a sea cliff and then just carnage ensues. So the orca are just pinning a pod of narwhals up against the sea cliff and just having the time of their lives. Okay. The fifth one... Is, is this one, the last one now? Okay. So no, there's two more. Two more, okay. This one's one that we've already spoken about, though, sort of. Uh, the flipper slapper. No. The round and round the ice thing. The... Show him your belly and chop the head off. <laughs> this is the blowhole block. Oh, okay. The bubble bubble so, wall. Well, no, this is not the bubble wall. This oh. is what they do to the larger whales. When oh. they're trying to get on top of its head oh. to drown it, they cover the blowhole. So it's shown that as they're trying to get on top of the whale, they're not just randomly jumping onto the whale to try and pin it down. They're aiming for the head and they're trying to cover the blowhole so that it can't breathe. Damn. So that's the blowhole box. And then finally... Okay, hang on. So Perhaps we've got, the most American. Give us the five. We've the got five the carousel. Yes, we have, from the top, we have the wave wash, the karate chop, the carousel, the pod pin, the blowhole block, and the... 
Orca abomination. (laughs) Think about think about ways that you've seen orca hunting because this is quite a famous one. I don't know, but I just want to quickly say I'm changing orca abomination to orca orchestration. Very good, thank you. Right, what was your question? (laughs) Think about the way this is a really famous. There's some amazing footage of it of orca hunting in this way and they're hunting sea lions elephant seals that sort of thing oh it's where they come up on the beach the right so it's called what's it called the d-day landings it's called the d-day no way (laughs) (laughs) it's literally called the d-day aka storming the beach oh my god yes okay yes i'm very glad you got that one yeah and yeah it's exactly as you described when the seal uh, the sea lions and the elephant seals come onto the beach um they're not safe from the orca and yep. they'll just charge up the shallows grab them and then shuffle backwards into the sea Massive. but there's some insane footage of seals just plodding around on the beach and then just looming out of the waves this black and white angel of death just grabbing them and dragging them back into the waves and all those moves make up the orca orchestration the orca, orca, exactly yeah. yeah that's a collective name for all these uh, ways of hunting yeah but that's that's my journey through orcas starting at the blue whales and the first ever documentation of them hunting the largest animal to ever live and going through all the different hunting strategies that they have if you want to be safe in the sea be krill it's time for that part of the show where we take one of nature's magnificent creatures and we pit it against roddy shaw in a fight to the death now today's animal has been suggested on instagram by andy gooden who has suggested the shrike now shrikes are a family of songbirds famed for their gruesome carnivorous antics the scientific family name is lanius derived from the latin for butcher which has led to them become known as the butcher birds unusually for a songbird they've got a hooked beak which they use for catching insects reptiles other birds and small mammals that they prey on They then impale their bodies onto thorns, barbed wire fences, or other sharp points so they can store it as a cache and so they can tear into the flesh more evenly. It's essentially like a really macabre Christmas tree decorated in bodies when you see one of these shrubs, these thorny shrubs covered in lizards and blue tits and crickets and all sorts of different things. Now, for this battle, I've chosen the Great Grey Shrike, scientific name Lanius Excubita, meaning the Sentinel Butcher after its habit of sitting on exposed treetops or posts as it scouts for prey. Some other local names that it's got around Europe include the killer magpie, due to its black and white appearance, the choking bird, and in Germany, it's known as, and I'm going to butcher this aptly for this bird, the Neuntoter, which is translates to the killer of nine because of the prey that it eats. They breed in Europe, Asia and North Africa, favouring open habitats with trees and shrubs for them to perch on and nest in. Now this all sounds very, very scary, but we've got to remember, they're a songbird. They're about as large as a big thrush, at about 25 centimetres, got a wingspan of just over 30 centimetres and weighing about 70 grams. So, Roddy Shaw, bearing all that in mind, how many great grey shrikes are too many great grey shrikes? Indeed. How many indeed? Um, Okay, so... I got a couple questions, uh-huh. and you're a man of the bird. Mm-hmm. So here we go. They catch things and they impale them on thorny bushes, etc. Yeah. Therefore, they can carry an amount of weight. Yeah. How, do we? How much can they carry? Because like, obviously, big birds of prey can carry like a it's lot. Not, it's not carrying anything remotely approaching your size. No, I know. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, I'm wondering how many of them would it take to lift me? Ah, okay, got it. Because then they can impale me on a thing, right? So this is, we've got to ground this somewhere. We've got to bring some facts into play. So I have seen a great grey shrike carry a snipe. So you're saying a snipe. So how many snipe am I? I'm just having a look for the weight of a snipe. For the weight of a snipe sounds like... 110 grams. Okay. So The shrikes weigh about 70. I'm just going to make sure it was a snipe and not a jack snipe, which is smaller. For ornithological integrity, let's get this correct. Hang on, stand by. It wasn't oh. a snipe. It was a jack snipe. A jack snipe weighs 55 grams. Okay, so that's double the amount. Yeah. So now we're at 818 is 1,600, 1,630, 1,636. 
Shrike. <laughs> to pick me off the ground. And impale you to a piece of barbed wire. Okay. Now I reckon I'm going to have my eyes picked out long before yeah. 1,636. I know people who have caught them for ringing. Yep. And they will tear your hands to shreds with the beak. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. It's, it's a sharp, hooked beak, just like a bird of prey, for catching and killing. Right. So... I don't want to be near anything spiky because that will give them ideas, yeah. even if there's fewer than 1,636. We're saying that they will rip and take nips and bites out of me, mm-hmm. um, but they're not very big. No, about 25 centimeters. Hmm. Are they fast? Not particularly. Their hunting strategy is sitting on the posts yep. looking for things beneath them and then just dropping on them they don't chase anything they're not like hawks they're not doing anything like that so if they can't see me they wouldn't come for me uh <laughs> what do you mean well uh, yeah that i don't know it's like most predators yeah no but like okay but what i'm getting at is cats are really good at seeing in the dark oh okay you're kind of saying this bird just sits there yeah waits for me to walk past it yes and then it comes at me then it will pounce on you so if i'm in some way sneaky mm-hmm. or what have you mm-hmm. they won't be able to how how do birds easily like startled yeah and they're very flighty generally birds okay what i've got yeah in my mind and work with me on this <laughs> i do every time on this episode <laughs> i want to say laser quest <laughs> right okay because it's dark yeah i can go all rambo mode uh-huh and that's as far as I got. <laughs> Other options for venues include a baker's, because butchers, bakers, candlestick makers. But I don't know what that... Is it from like a nursery rhyme? I don't know. But they're a butcher bird. Yeah. So okay. maybe they hate bakers. Yeah. I don't know what's happening there. Yeah. And then the other one was a tennis court with one of those machines that fires out tennis balls. I don't right. know what they're called. But... So somewhere between those three. But a tennis court has got maybe the the chain link fence will have pointy out bits that will give them things to put me on but as we said 1600 but anything up to 1636 you're saying fewer than that will eat my hand apart yeah i mean i have to take 1636 to like prove the if i just beat 20 yeah they're gonna think what they're gonna think i don't know what they're gonna think uh, I go- can't work out where I've got this number in my head that <laughs> I they have to not be able to pin me on a thing. Yeah, but then it needs to be a very soft place. One right, one of those children's soft play centers. Right in yeah. the dark. Right, because there's nothing sharp there. Yeah. the whole place. The whole place. Right. Yes. Here we go. It's coming together. The whole place is designed to be soft. Yes. Every pointy edge is completely cushioned. The butcher birds. They're out of their element. Yeah. <laughs> Even if they could pick you up, they'd just be flying aimlessly around. Exactly. Trying to like attach you to the ball pit or the slide or anything. And you're just not, you're just not sticking. They've never seen anything as smooth. Yeah. <laughs> I also cover myself in margarine. Yeah. <laughs> they're not getting a purchase on me. Even yeah. if there was 1,636, yeah. they couldn't do it. No. Right. We're in a ball pit. What have I got? I've got softballs. I've got yeah. the tunnels I can hide in. Yeah, yeah. They can't see me. Now it's like one of those Batman games. Where you <laughs> have to like hide in the shadows and take out the oh, where is it? enemies. So the softball play is definitely giving me the mental advantage because they're so startled at how smooth the environment is. <laughs> yeah. They just they can't comprehend it. Yeah. Soft play children's center is going to have a lot of first aid. Mm-hmm. So they're nipping at my yeah. hand. I'm bandaging it yeah. up just as fast as, as they can do it. As fast as they can do it. Sooner right? cream on it. So I've found a smooth environment yeah. full of plasters yeah. or band aids. Yeah, yeah. So now, with those being the case, how many plasters do you get in a box? Like a hundred? Let's say, why not? A hundred. Yeah. Okay. At a soft play, you're going to need it because there's kids everywhere. You're gonna and even that. if there's nothing for the kids to injure themselves on, they'll find a way. They'll you know run into each other and all that sort of stuff. I think I'm in the 70s. I think it's high. I think it's 70 plus. Yeah. 70 plus. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's very hard to... There's no killing blow. It's definitely yeah. death by a thousand cuts with yeah. this, right? Because I've, I've, I've engineered the situation that there cannot be a killing blow. Because yeah. even if there was enough of them to pick me up, there is nothing for them to impale me on, no. right? I don't think I could take 1,600 Shrike at once, <laughs> <laughs> right? So we're lower than that. 
I think 70 to 100. Somewhere in there. As many plasters as a soft play has <laughs> to cover the, you know, which I'm... Um, 75. 75. 75 Shrike. We've had a question from Aaron Gibbon. Very excellent name for our podcast. Yeah, strong. Simply pick your animal Avengers. Huge. Big. Massive. Shall we limit ourselves to the six original Avengers? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're not is... doing the, you know. We're not doing all of Endgame. Yeah, okay, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, for everyone at home and the yeah. people perhaps not as MCU inclined as Jack and I, that is Iron Man, Thor, Hulk, Black Widow, Hawkeye, and Captain America. Yeah. Those are the six. Yeah. Captain America, Bald Eagle, done. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up. Yeah. Strong. You know. Noble. Noble. Well, seemingly noble. Yeah. Um, American. American. Yeah. Are yeah. You say they're actually thick as. Well, not that they're thick, but they're just not as, you know, they are a bit, they can be a bit conniving and they'll steal fish off of other predators and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, what? It's a bald, a bald eagle is Captain America. It's as America yeah. as it gets. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So... Okay. So, uh, yeah, we'll go with that. Okay. So. Who else have we got? We've got... So, I think maybe the next easiest one to think about is Hulk. Okay. Because it's just big, strong rage monster. Yeah. So, I'm thinking maybe like bull elephants when they go into... What do they call it? Uh, musk? Musk. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah, which is like their mating thingy, it's isn't same, it? Yeah, when they get super testosterone up. Their, their cheeks almost like leaking. They have those wet patches on their cheeks, which I think is just the raw testosterone pouring out of them. Oh my and they, God. And that's when they'll like, you know, flip Land Rovers and all that sort of stuff. Juice to the absolute gills. Yeah, basically. Yeah. You know, they just become like super powered strength. Okay, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. It's not that I hate it, but but I want to hit you with another concept and approach to the Hulk. Is, is it going to be about relative size and strength? And are you going to say something like, Ants? No. Or beetles? Not even. Okay, okay, okay. Not even. Go for it. What I'm saying is one of the key things we know about the Hulk is mm. changes size. Yeah. So is there anything which is small and then gets big? Because a lot of things puff themselves up to defend Ooh, themselves. Oh, okay. Like a puffer fish. A puffer fish, if yeah. you will. But a bit more terrestrial. doesn't get angry, though. It gets scared. That's a good point. That's where you get some frogs which, like... Get big. Yeah, <laughs> far from intimidating in terms of bull elephant, <laughs> I realise. Because, yeah, at its purest form, if we're just doing Hulk yeah. as Hulk, yeah. then, yeah, a bull elephant juiced to the gills on testosterone flipping Land Rovers yeah. is probably as close to that as we're going to get. Yeah. But if we're, if we're doing any kind of, like, Bruce Banner okay. and Hulk... Oh, that's true, is yeah. Is there anything mm. which... But then that implies that when it's in its small size, it is smart, and when it's big, it's threatening, which well, a frog is neither, because <laughs> they're not smart. And they're not particularly threatening. I think, like, an elephant, because the testosterone-fueled muskbull elephants just get so pent up that they just can't think about anything except, uh, not that the Hulk thinks about sex. And, uh, Flipping but, land you know, But they can't think about anything except pure rage. Yeah. And then when they're not pent up on testosterone, elephants are pretty smart. Watercolours. Analytical animals. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. They'd like a bit of art. Yeah. Like a bit of problem-solving. Yeah. That sort of stuff. Okay, yeah. So I we're think doing bull the, elephant. The... Or elephant. Yeah. But an, an angry male elephant when it gets hulkified. So we've got Captain America, Eagle. Yeah. Hulk, Elephant. Yeah. Thor. What's a big thing in Norway? <laughs> uh, right. Thor. So or Scandinavia. Scandinavia, Norway vibes, Viking vibes. We've got... Wolverine? Wolverine. But, but I mean, come on, he's weird. literally... A, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, Wolves, bears, ravens. In Norse mythology, actual Norse mythology, pretty sure Odin had like a... He's got ravens that can like see for him or something. Yeah, something like that. There's a very, very, I think, niche reference to that in the Avengers movie when Mm. they... This is now drifting from a comedy nature podcast into something else entirely. But when they're fighting Loki on the top of the... When they first fight Loki and... um, they all have like the skirmish in the forest and they all get yeah. to know each other. Oh, There's in Avengers? A, yes, yeah. in Avengers 1. There's a bit where the camera goes up to like Loki sat on the top of the cliff when yeah. Thor first arrives to him and ravens fly across the moon. And that is supposedly... Odin keeping an eye on Odin keeping an eye on them. Oh. There you go. Um, okay. But Thor can't be ravens. No, he can't be ravens. Could he be a polar bear? Maybe. 
Because he can go toe-to-toe with the Hulk. So whatever he was... He can, if that's the true. animal Hulk is an elephant, would have to, at least in some yeah. capacity... <laughs> not be completely... You know, I mean, there's not many animals that are going to... No, I think even a big polar bear is getting yeah. flattened by a... It's got, it, I do feel like it's got to be something... It's got to be something northern. Yeah. Like northern European. We can't think of any tropical animals. We can't think of any sub-Saharan animals. No. It's got to be something of the temperate regions... Is there any kind of big goat? Ah, uh, big goat. I'm coming back to big goat a lot recently. You did, big goat's a thing, a thing for you, isn't it? Um, what about a big salmon? A big... <laughs> like a big salmon. It's, it's tricky. Because then there's a whole lightning element. And it's like, is there any way that, that we can distill that into an animal form? He's got to be Thole the Vole. The vol- From the last season with the, the necrobiome That's and the lightning striking down and then the vole rising up to the occasion. Yeah. 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 We've, already, We've cast- already answered this. Yeah. If you haven't listened to the last season, go back. I And listen to the episode that's entitled Arm the Voles. Yep. And you'll learn about Thole the Vole. Yeah. That's so, Thole. There we go. Good luck against the Hulk. Um, <laughs> Iron Man. What's gadget that has to be a bird? It's got to be something clever. It's got to be a corvid. Corvid, yeah. I feel like we use corvids a lot, but they use tools. Well, they use tools. They use tools. Are we including the apes in this one? Iron Man could be a reckless chimpanzee or a. Just to address my running theme, yeah. this is an instance where it's definitely not a goat. I think this is the m- the one instance where it could be an ape. An ape. I think he's a chimp. There's or would nothing- it be more like a bonobo? Because he's not chimp becomes psychotic yeah so he's a bonobo because they also have loads of sex that's true which is very tony Tony stark Stark. yeah yeah solves problems has tools very smart smart witty learned yeah it could be it could be a crow too it could be a corvid could be a gibbon could be a gibbon don't know just in a kind of witty swingy way yeah i can see him swinging off the elephant's tusks yeah everyone's having a good time yeah question came from gibbon (laughs) just tie it all together in a nice little bow (laughs) so he's he's bonobo brackets reasonable other um black widow i mean it's there it's, isn't it's it? there it's there it, it is there okay if we discount that yeah what could she be she's very nimble she's very dangerous very russian but also very russian but also or, not as also russian not, as yeah not as russian as yeah mm. female praying mantises yeah with the whole bite the head of the male after sex i feel that is on brand <laughs> You know, it's that kind of danger, lure you in. Aha, I have your secrets. I've yeah. used my sex appeal against you. Now yeah. you're dead. That is a thing. She could be some kind of snake viper. A black mamba. Maybe. They're fast. Fast, very fast. Like, just as fast on the ground as they are through trees. Very deadly. The second most dangerous snake in Africa or something like that. Yeah. Venomous snake they're in Africa. A bad time. Yeah, a very bad time. But I feel like I'm drawn to that just because it's black mamba and black widow. Yeah. She could be a big cat. Or maybe not a big cat, maybe a like a, like an ocelot, something like that. Something mm. a clouded leopard. Yeah. Something sneaky. Clouded leopard is good. Elusive, nimble in the trees, will win a fight. And big cats are sexy. We know this to be true. So it carries. Okay. Clouded leopard. Right. Which only leaves us with Hawkeye. Yeah. Archerfish. You took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's got, what's the one animal that is remotely like... Anything to do with archery. The archerfish. Yeah. <laughs> and it's one of those instances as well where there's no meat on the bones there yeah. with what the name is. Yeah. Archerfish. It's a fish <laughs> that does archery. Work it out. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> For people who haven't heard of an archerfish, the phrase, it's a fish that does archery, like, work <laughs> it out. But it spits water, basically, out of its mouth with incredible accuracy and knocks bugs off of overhanging branches and things like that so that it can eat them i was at a zoo once and one of those like feeding time come see such and such being fed they did archer fish and they would put the the exhibit they had them in was one of those kind of like well obviously water but where the tank stopped like halfway up and then they had like pretend yeah, trees growing out of called it paludariums there we go where you have yeah half and half basically yeah 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 and it meant that basically in the thing, they, they came with a tub of crickets and they would put them on the branches of the trees and all the archer fish would swim up to the top Whoa. bit of the water. And yeah, kind Spit of... the water. You'd see them like line it up and calculate in their little fish brains going... Eh. And then it drops in. And yeah, it's insane how accurate they are. That's really... They, they sell them at um, a, a 
the aquatic shop not too far from here. Do they? Yeah. Wow. I've seen it, like young ones, and I'm like, see if you can buy something as cool as that. Yeah. So yeah, an archer fish tank would be sick. Failing an archer fish. Uh huh. Chameleon. Thinking about yeah. this because it's, it's yeah 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 like highly accurate budget archery <laughs> is what's happening there. It's like boomerang archery where it comes back to you. It's one of those you know when you get the kid kits and it's like a suction cup yeah. on the end of the thing. That's a chameleon. It's that and the arrows on a string. Yeah, I can get more with chameleon. So we've got um, got I don't know how licensing works, but it'd be great if we could have the Avengers music playing right now. That, I'm, that's not going to happen. <laughs> but we I've bought so many movie tickets. Like, can we just use the music once? <laughs> Iron Man. Uh, Bonobo. Captain America. Bull Eagle. Hulk. Bull Elephant. Hawkeye. Archerfish. Black Widow. Clouded Leopard. And Thor, mightiest <laughs> of them all. <laughs> the the Vol. <laughs> Thank you for listening to today's episode, which may have included, in no particular order, gorillas fighting sharks, hedgehogs which have learnt to skydive, or maybe that thing we found out about seals which can juggle. <laughs> Yeah, to peel back the curtain, as we record these outros, we've got no idea what you've listened to because we basically get together of a weekend and record all of it in one go, edit it, then mix and match the episodes. And so we've got no idea what you've listened to, but we hope you enjoyed it. It is a really nice sunny day outside at the time of recording, and we have opted for the good of our fair listeners to lock ourselves in a small room, <laughs> gazing out at the sunshine and discuss whatever it may be. But thank you all very much for listening and for sharing. We're still seeing the podcast grow and we're really, really enjoying it. But I'm afraid it's time for us to be very awkwardly British um, and announce that we have set up something that if you feel so inclined, you can donate a little bit of money to us. Listen to the change in our voices (laughs) as we awkwardly navigate the world of donations. Yes, Jack and I do love meeting up to do this. We think that meeting up to do this adds something to the show and we really enjoy meeting up to record this for you and Mm. as part of all of that meeting up i keep mentioning there are a lot of train fares involved (laughs) so if you would like to help out we would absolutely love it if you could go to www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash how many geese all one word Um, we'll also put a link to that at the end of the description on the episode just chuck us anything you've got but if you don't have anything do not worry we're not going to make this you know exclusive or anything like that and it will just help literally support the cost of doing this in our spare time that's the deal do you like it yes yeah can you help out great if you can't no worries we're going to keep doing it so thank you everyone very much for listening to whatever you may have just listened to see you next time hooray bye (laughs) 